Hello and welcome to episode 2 of RangerPod, the podcast that's hacking into the morphing grid one episode at a time. I'm PDT, I'm considered an expert on Power Rangers by people who haven't been on the internet before, and joining me as ever is my co-host Grax. Hi, how's it going? As I said before, we're going to try to make this accessible to anyone, but you will get so much more out of it if you're actually watching the series along with us. It's available on Netflix. In America, it's out on Shout Factory DVDs. I think it's going to be out over here on DVD in a month or two's time. So it's out there. So without further ado, we're doing the episode High Five, episode two of Power Rangers, which, as anyone knows, aired on September 7th, 1993. Grax, every week I like to test your understanding of the episode by having you relay it to our many listeners. So Mm -hmm. without further ado, off you go. Okay. So the episode starts off with Jason climbing a rope, which is the most impossible of tasks, climbing the rope all the way to the ceiling. Trinity calls down Jason, showing concern for his safety. He's like, Jason, come down, you're too high. Yeah, you're literally four foot off the ground. So everybody invites to climb up the rope, and she's like, nope. Meanwhile, Billy comes in, and Jason grabs Billy by the head with his powerful, powerful thighs. <laughs> oh, dear. Powerful. And then, and then they do a really, really bad circus performance act as they swing from the ropes. It's definitely far too early in the series for that kind of crotch action. Oh, I disagree. I think you want to get them in quick and hard. Episode two, (laughs) crutch. Bit of raunch early on. I like it. And then Bill and Skull appear and the heroes provoke him to say, yeah, oh yeah, I bet you can't climb this rope. And he's like, watch me. And he actually can't. And the reason is he cannot understand the concept of holding onto the rope. He doesn't try. He jumps up, he caresses the rope, and he falls down multiple times. And then he coughs up the mouthful of baking soda he had. This doesn't make any sense at all. Meanwhile, on the moon, Rita comes up with a strong plan of trapping the rangers in a time warp like she did with Zordon. Good plan. Billy shows off his invention, the smartwatch. 20 years before Apple... Yeah, take that, Steve Jobs. He's dead. It's not Steve, it's Tim. Take that, Tim Jobs. Yes! By doing this, he accidentally teleports all the rangers back to uh, HQ, which forms a big, big cuddly pile on top of Alpha. I would say it's more of a groping pile, but carry on. Finster then creates a fantastic boss monster called Bones. And I have to say, I really do like this character. He's big, he's a skull character, he's got broad shoulders with cape and nice hat, and his voice. Oh, his voice! All right, don't don't enjoy it too much, Grax. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> it's just beautiful to listen to. I could listen to it for hours. Which is a shame, because he's only really in the episode for about four minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come to that. Rita commands Babu and Squat to launch a toy NASA spaceship to Earth. I think you'll find it's a Japanese spaceship, but carry on. No, it's, it's, it's American. It looks like a NASA ship. Grax, there's a massive Japanese flag on the side. Wait, was that? Yep. Ah, oh, so the reason they're doing this, they're creating a toy spaceship because they want to set off the time hole. So what they do is they launch the ship that goes across to planet Earth. It then drives around like a remote control car through the streets of City. Yep. <laughs> Angel Grove, remember. City. And and everybody's watching it on TV and running away from it on the, str- on the roads. And it runs over a few Japanese construction workers. It casually stops at a mound. And then it opens its hatch and shoots multicolored rays into the sky. Yeah, see if you can spot where the American garish footage takes over. The sirens get off and Zordon says, hey, look. Rita set off a time trap and putties. Go beat up the putties <laughs> while I investigate the time trap. 
Anyway, the Rangers are teleported to some rocky landscapes just outside the recording studios, and they are ambushed by the putties. You'll become very familiar with those rocky landscapes, Grax. I'm sure I'll know every inch of the scenery. Anyway, Kimberly goes, oh, let's, let's morph. This is too much. And then Jason goes, no, no, we can't morph because there's not enough Japanese stock footage. So we've got to stay as humans. Jason tells Trini and Billy to split up, and they do. And then Billy takes the high road, and Billy gets trapped on the edge of the corner of a cliff by a putty. Just one putty. Just just one putty. All the other rangers are taking on three or four at a time with their martial arts or even their breakdancing. And Billy can't even take on one? Well, it's like I repeatedly wrote in my notes, Billy is shit. I'm, I'm, I've watched a couple of episodes and I'm starting to feel this <laughs> hatred towards Billy. Anyway, at this point, we learn Trini's very dark secret. She's afraid of heights. Did you not get that from the start of the episode? No. No, and I'll tell you why. Because she hit it very well with a mother hen routine of saying, oh, come down, it's dangerous. You're right, it was very subtle. It was. So Trini climbed very slowly, very slowly up the rocks for about five minutes going, I'm afraid, but I have to do this. But I'm afraid. As monologues go, it's not going to win any Oscars, is it? It needs a bit of workshopping, to be fair, yeah. just to make it a bit time. And, and then the camera goes weird. The camera looks down and then it all gets a bit wavy for some reason. I, I don't know why that happened. Vertigo. Standard. Okay, so Trini overcomes her fears and she rescues Billy, the damsel in distress. And the putty commits suicide by jumping off the cliff edge. And then Billy and Trini, they see the others. They go get piled up. They join the pile. They form the human chains and go around to feed all the putties. Rita then sends Bones to a random theme park. And Zordon says, congratulations, Trini, for conquering your fears. But you got to go take out the boss character. And so they actually morph this time. 13 minutes and 55 seconds into a 20 minute episode it's almost like the japanese episodes don't have that much morphed footage to use so yeah the five rangers they pop in because it's morphing time and then bones transports them into some parallel dimension the time warp obviously yes the time warp that's it which looks like a film studio with black walls fake trees and dry eye mist everywhere yeah they start fighting, and meanwhile, Babu and Squat, they're in the background, and they pull out a comically-sized cartoon bomb, complete with extra-long fuse, <laughs> Yep. with the plan to blow up the time device and trap the rangers in this <gasps> dimension. And then the mis- Mission Impossible theme music plays. Well, a copyright-free version. And then Bones does a really cool thing where he sticks his sword in the ground and causes a great gap to be formed. It's like splits the ground into two. It's brilliant. And you see lava underneath. And the Rangers shoot Bones and he falls apart. And then Bones reassembles himself. And then Billy goes, hey, wait, his head is a weak spot. We have to destroy the head. Standard video game logic. You always go for the weak spot, which is the head. I'm surprised it wasn't really glowing. So what they do is they grab Bones' <laughs> head. They throw it into the hole, throw it into lava. He blows up the end. You think that's it? The end of the episode, right? Wrong. Because then Rita summons a giant in a suit of medieval armor. Oh, what? Two bosses in one episode. Now this is really ramping up. The giant smashes through a wall in the city and grabs Jason with his giant hand and pulls him out into the real world. That's the thing, because they would have been trapped there if it weren't for the fact that the giant came and smashed in. Yes, I'm glad you spotted that. That was the first thing that came to my head. What are you doing? What are you doing that? Okay, so Jason escapes the clutches of the giant. He summons his Tyrannosaurus Zord, and they both fight each other. The giant knight and the Zord, the Tyrannosaurus Zord, fight each other for about two minutes. And then the, the dinosaur looks at the ground. There's a wave of explosion towards the giant. A gust of wind blows on the giant, and the giant <laughs> fades into pixie dust. 
That is weird, and I'll get onto that later when we look at the Japanese episode. Basically, there's no explanation there either. So the episode finishes off with Rita getting a headache, Billy thanks Trini for saving her life, and then Zack pulls a really nasty trick of scaring her to climb up the rope. Oh, he's a prick. Yeah. I just, I I thought that's totally uncalled for. And that's it. That is the end of episode two. High five. Thank you very much, Grax. Overall, what did you think of the episode? What were your initial thoughts coming out of it? I would say that the episode promises quite a lot and delivers on nothing. (laughs) It's a very busy episode, isn't it? Yeah, it suffers from the same problem where we got too much to cram into 20 minutes. And they're trying too hard to develop the the, the five teenagers. And it's like, no, no one really cares. So that there's a big fantastic plot device which gets ignored multiple times and this was not a good episode. I'm just going to say it right now. It overpromised and underperformed. It has difficulty being a coherent episode, I'll give you that. I think it suffers from trying to do too much. Yeah. Trini's Fear of Heights, ordinarily that would be an episode in itself. The Bones Monster would be an episode. The Giant Knight could be an episode. There are three episodes, you're right, in this one episode. I mean, not necessarily three very good episodes. Mm. I mean, (laughs) the whole Trini's Fear of Heights thing is dull but you know there's definitely at least two episodes separately in there it's just an example of the the human characters not being interesting and then you go to the japanese stuff and it's like wow this is actually really exciting we'll get to the japanese stuff later but i know Mm. what you mean there's very little kind of morphed action i counted it there's two minutes give or take compared to the entire rest of the episode it's like that's not good value for money that is quite low yeah even by power ranger standards Okay, let's kind of get into the more of the nitty-gritty now. We'll start our dissection of the episode. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to talk about in terms of the nitty-gritty of the episode, it's Rita's time warp plotline. Okay. For episode two, I think this is a really bold statement. How so? It's bold because warping time and space is a very powerful ability to do. And and in my mind, for TV shows and sci-fi and this kind of stuff, you would leave such a strong, powerful ability towards the end, you know, kind of like a climax, kind of like the best thing that you could possibly do. But no, no, she's gone, no, episode two, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to send these Power Rangers into a time dimension and stop them forever. I sort of agree, but at the same time, it was sewn into the pilot that Zordon's trapped in a time warp. I actually kind of think it's really clever to have her do this in the second episode because she's basically saying, okay, how did I get rid of my first enemy? trapped him in a time warp let's just do exactly the same thing it worked last time i don't know it's it's too soon it's not very good storytelling in the sense of you want to keep the people coming back to have more we know that they're gonna survive they might not have done this could have been a two-parter for all we knew it does beg the question though does that mean that actually zordon is just sitting on rocks in a multicolored like landscape with trees and dry ice mist he probably is maybe when the power rangers aren't about and alpha's doing his nutting maybe he's just playing cards with the skeleton <laughs> blokes there's like no nah, no nah, i'm too much of this i'm turning off the screen i'm just gonna relax underneath this plastic tree of death i mean i was gonna bring this up at some point but this seems as good a time as any the awkward comedy of alpha 5 we're starting to get bits of it here. I know we'll get lots more in future episodes. Mm. Um, he starts calling people homeboys and homegirls. Why? Why Why does he start doing that? I know. Don't learn the language of the 90s. You're better than that. It's Zach's fault. This is, he's come in and corrupted <laughs> his programming. You don't hear Billy talking about that kind of stuff, do you? No. Do you know what Billy says? I'll tell you what Billy says. He comes up with such fantastic lines as extreme audio oscillation. What does it indicate? What kind of line is that? He's a bit thick if he doesn't know what an alarm is. 
you know so that's not how you seduce ladies with your vocabulary of such magnitude it, it doesn't work no one's impressed no one cares billy no you said in your synopsis azordon was going to analyze the time device oh yes he did <laughs> no it was, it was it was a time hole and that's another thing there's no consistency of this time stuff it's time warp it's time device it's time hole it's time space pick one the time device creates the time hole which is a time warp that traps them in a time warp yeah the time hole is the entrance to the time warp wow i'm I'm impressed you managed to thread all that nonsense (laughs) together you did a better job than me but what i can't thread together is the bit where zordon announces that bones is on earth and says oh yeah he's very dangerous he probably controls the time device as well (laughs) where did you get that from (laughs) I, I, don't, I don't know, he probably does. I mean, look at him, he looks a bit seedy. He's a monster, they're all basically the same, aren't they? And they shoot lasers out of his eyes, of course he's got time powers. Look at him, he fades in and out of existence. I did appreciate how much fun Bones was having on the Ferris wheel. In the globe, he's like, look at all these special abilities. He can shoot lasers, he can sword fight, he has fun on the Ferris wheel as he disappears. Yeah, well, again, we'll, we'll get to the whys and the mores of the skeleton monster in a short while. But there are still one or two things I want to bring up before we get to that point. For example, the putties. Yes, the putties. What is there to say about them? Well, for one thing, we never find out why they're at the cave. The Power Rangers get led to the cave with this belief that the putties are there doing something nefarious. Actually, it just seems they're kind of hanging out. You're right. The Rangers have basically taken down the putties on their day off. That they were having a play day and the rangers just saw <laughs> evil because right we're going to take you out and then the putties approach them from behind goes hey hey guys how what are you doing over here do you want to join us we're having a bit of a tea party and the rangers like it's uh it's beating up time yeah. i mean I, I like to think they were on some kind of company away day you know surely if they've just come out they're near the earth yeah let's go and check out the planet you know stay away from town we don't want to bother anyone and then the rangers come down they're just oh come on guys Look, I'm sorry Steve over there got a bit too friendly with Kimberly in that dog pile. He won't do it again. There's no need to go. Oh, I'm just I'm just thinking back of that human chain again. Let's, let's talk about that very, very briefly. And the how human dumb chain. it is. Yeah. It defies gravity. It does. Anyway, for those who can't see what the human chain is, if you imagine Jason uh, having Zach on his shoulders and then Zach yeah, leaning back. Yeah, he's got back. Zach's legs around his shoulders. Yeah. And Kimberly holds on to Zach's legs as Jason twirls them around. Well, it's supposed to be like a, a spinning death blade of some kind of I human guess so, yeah. That's what it's supposed to be, but no, it doesn't work at all. They barely make any contact. They barely make enough speed to be of any effect, and it's... Well, you say it doesn't work, but it does cause all of the putties to leap into cactuses. They get cactus leaves on their backsides and go running off. Oh, yes, I do. I forgot about that. I mean, that's the highlight of the episode for me. With the comical music and Rita Repulsa lighting them up with her sniper scope, ready to take out the failures. Yeah. (laughs) But no, that that just annoyed me. I don't care if it's a callback to the beginning of the episode with Jason and Billy's comedy act. It shouldn't work. There is something I should pick you up on, which we didn't really cover last week. But the reason they don't morph to fight the putties is because one of Zordon's rules as laid out at the end of the pilot is that they should never escalate the battle unless Rita forces them to. And putties being in the scene are not escalated enough? Well, I was going to say, because last week, when they took on the putties, they failed miserably. So I think it would have been reasonable to morph at this point. 
But hey, they decide to try it for themselves, you know. Why not wear themselves out unnecessarily ahead of the main fight? Because there's not enough footage. I mean, Billy tries. He tries to morph into the Blue Ranger, which is fine, but he fumbles it. As I say, Billy's fairly rubbish in these early episodes. For necessity, you've got to have Billy being okay at fighting later on. Mm-hmm. But in these first few episodes, he's dreadful. Really bad. Yeah, and he just makes me more and more angry the more I watch him. How about we talk about the Zord fights? Let's, let's talk about something good. I really enjoyed Jason fighting the night guy in his Tyrannosaurus Zord. And it's really cool because it gets really active and hype and there's lots of fighting and a drop kick. It is a bit like a Godzilla fight, if anything. It is a Godzilla fight, exactly. Yeah. And it's really, really exciting. And it's only two minutes long. It's like, <laughs> I want more of that. It is very cool. But what I would say is, where were the other Zords? I mean, I know where the other Zords were because of the footage. But in terms of Power Rangers, where were the other Zords at this point? That's actually an interesting question I'd like to ask you, expert PDT. Well, is this part of the non-escalation thing? Because they don't specifically just call on the Tyrannosaurus. You know, Jason just says we need dinosaur power. Yeah, and I'm the leader, so I go first. Yeah, but is is this sword on back in the command center going? Uh, actually, you only need Tyrannosaurus to take this guy down. How do we know this? How do we know the power levels of each monster? I'm just guessing here. I've got no idea. Do you know off the top of your head if this happens in future episodes, or it's just individual swords and not all five combined? Not after the next episode which obviously we'll get to next week. But do you want to know, of course, the real reason for the other Zords not being there? Oh, please do tell. Well, in that case, it's time to look to our Japanese cousins in the Curious Sentai Zuranger, and let's find out what happened in their second episode. So it starts off with Bandora surveying her new palace on the moon. Pretty much at the start of the episode, she has Pleplicorn, or Finster, create the Dora skeleton monster. Most of the monsters in Zuranger are the word Dora for Bandora, and then what they are. So you've got Dora Skeleton, and then at the end of the episode, you've got Dora Titan, who's the giant, the knight. And then you have Dora the Explorer. And Dora the Explorer, yeah. Ha ha ha. I'm so funny. (laughs) 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 So... Oh, kill me now. I will, I will. So if you remember from last week, the whole dumpster thing on the moon, there were two frightened school children in the space shuttle. Yes, I remember you mentioning that, which was interesting. I didn't know that at all. The Zoo Rangers spend most of episode one trying to save them in some way. We don't see any of that. And in episode two, they're still in the space shuttle, which she's miniaturised. So this is the same space shuttle that we see at the start of Day of the Dumpster. That's why it's a Japanese space shuttle. Ah, uh, okay. So she sent it down to Earth to kind of lure the Rangers out. Because one thing I should say is that Bandora really hates children. She will do anything to just kill children or get one over on them. Really? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she sends the shuttle down to Earth. And it's largely the same sequence as the US thing. But there's two notable additions. First of all, the unmorphed Rangers they give chase in their Zora machines, which were brought into the Power Rangers toy line as battle bikes. But they never actually got used on screen apart from one or two background things because they only ever used them in G-Ranger when they were unmorphed. Okay. And the other thing that happens in the sequence, which for some reason we don't see in the American footage, uh, is there's one shot in which the shuttle rides past a pair of Japanese schoolgirls and the backdraft causes their skirts to fly up and we see their panties. <gasps> My What? <laughs> we see their panties? Yeah, genuinely. Why, why can we not see that? I know, I know. Why couldn't we see some Japanese panties? It was the 90s. We could get away with so much more (laughs) than Japanese schoolgirl panties. 
Yeah, but we didn't. Hashtag Japan. Hashtag Japan, absolutely. Dora Skeleton actually gets a lot more screen time than Bones. When you've got Zordon giving out all that information about his abilities, and, you know, you see that montage on the viewing globe, mm-hmm. all of that is the few shots they're able to use from the unmorphed fight with Dora Skeleton at the fairground. So you're saying that Dora uh, Bones fights the Rangers unmorphed in their human yep. forms, and then they become the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And, and all that footage in the globe is them fighting it as humans. Yes. Oh, that's a shame, because he's such a great character. He's such a well-designed character with a great voice, and it's yeah. just wasted. Obviously, he doesn't have the same voice in Japan, but yeah, he's cheated out of his appearance in the US footage. So what's the deal with him going into the next dimension, then, or is that coming up in a second? He takes him into another dimension. It's not specifically a time warp or anything like that. And the morphed fight is pretty much the same, except, obviously, rather than trying to destroy a time warp device, the bomb is set to destroy a space shutter with two screaming children in it. The stakes are higher. The bomb was designed for killing. Yes. Yeah, it's just a regular (laughs) bomb. So yeah, they're a lot more protective of it than the Power Rangers are. So when Dora Titan gets sent in to grab Geki, the Red Ranger, you do actually see in the American footage, the others, when they fall out, they've got the space shuttle in their hands. Really? Yeah. If you actually look when they leap out, the space shuttle is still there. So, So wait, for this episode... Dora Titan was created as a backup or something? Why was it Dora... Dora Titan turned up at the end of the first episode and kind of smashed in and mm-hmm. interfered. So I, I think it was just two different monsters. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It's been a while since I saw the episode of Z-Ranger. It really looks like in the American show Power Rangers, they just took two monsters from two different episodes and spliced it into to pad. Yeah, it's, it's all the same episode. I really struggle to understand that. Dora Titan is a lot more fearsome in the sense that the rangers are forced to hide in a cave. Because at this point, they don't have their dinosaurs yet, as I explained last week. Oh, yes, you're right. The dinosaurs don't come until episode six, is it? Well, the Megazord doesn't come out. This is the episode where Geki's Tyrannosaurus guardian beast wakes up. Ah. Because it senses, you know, the danger, the sort of the general situation. And that's why the Tyrannosaurus is the only one in the fight. I see, I see. So it's not just Jason being all arrogant, saying, I will defeat them. No, not at all. And there is one other thing that is explained by the Japanese footage. You know the random bit where Jason goes, hey, Zach, how am I doing? And Zach goes, yeah, you're doing fine. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Him calling down from the cockpit is actually Geki and Gushi, the Black Ranger, basically planning to fire the shuttle at the Titan because they coax the two children out. And then it's like, okay, we'll fire the shuttle to help the Tyrannosaurus, basically. Okay. So the shuttle flies into the Titan and explodes as well. So that's why the the Titan sort of turns into pixie dust and fades away. because No, it's just an added bit of damage. There is no good reason in the Japanese footage why he just floats away like that. What? I've got nothing for you. There's no footage in the Japanese footage why? There is no reason at all, no. What? Didn't he get hit by a laser beam or or a dropkick or something? Nope. He just floats away. He just fades away to nothing. Yeah, I, I did watch it several times to check. And <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing there, I'm afraid, Grax. Right, you've got to contact the writers of the show and say, why? why? What, you've, you've missed a plot hole. I will. I mean, look, if there's any fans out there who are kind of going, oh, I, I, look, it's obvious why. Just please let us know. Yeah, um, please. Tweet us at RangerPod or email therangerpod at gmail.com. And we'll take your notes on board. We would love to hear from you. Obviously, if you can mm. rate us on iTunes. Mm. So, Grax, you didn't think highly of the episode. 
no, no, I, I didn't think highly of the episode. I don't want to give it as much credit as it did. It spent too much time with the humans and not enough time with the of the Power Rangers, as like so, I said before. What would you rate it? <sighs> Out of five power coins, how many would you give it? I'm going to go two. Two out of five. Okay. A medium two out of five. And the reason why is because I would have given it lower because of the whole storyline with Trini being afraid of heights <laughs> and taking way too long to get to the actual Power Rangers stuff. But when it does, uh, it actually is very exciting and entertaining to watch everyone fight and the bones character the, the voice and the design it, it's it helped pump up the points from one to two so two out of five cool the other good reason to give it two out of five rather than one is because you've got to leave yourself somewhere to go yes yes and trust absolutely. me we, we will eventually be going there <laughs> <laughs> so what would you give it i think i'm gonna give it a three out of five i mean i'm, I'm obviously more generous towards the series than you are i like the fact that it tried you know it tried to make something out of it that wasn't just copying the Japanese footage. You know, there's too much going on there, but I think it's better to have too much than trying to stretch one plot out for a whole episode. I kind of disagree with that. They just needed a balance, and they didn't reach it here. Maybe, but I mean, as you say, the Zord battle's cool, the skeleton stuff is cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with three out of five. So, listeners, I mean, as I say, let us know what you think. And that's about it from us for this week. Yeah, Grax, do you have any final thoughts? I don't like Billy. I don't like this time plot that was completely ignored. It, they played it too soon. And Bulk and Skull? Uh, grab the rope, Bulk. Grab the rope, Bulk. Absolutely. Okay, uh, I think my final thought is, Zach, don't be a dick. Yeah. That's all. Zach, don't be a dick. So, Grax, thanks for joining me. I've no been problem. PDT, and we'll see you all next time when we learn the valuable lesson of teamwork. Oh, wait, that's another thing. Well, one thing before we go. This episode... <laughs> oh, Grax, we were practically done. This episode of Power Rangers is called High Five, but I did not see a single High Five at all. I've been sold false lies. I've been duped. I've been bamboozled, horn-swoggled, flim-flammed. Bye, Grax.